Michael Jordan is not only the best basketball player, but he's the most exciting basketball player to ever play. Tatum fires away, pumps it in, 51 for Jason Tatum. The Big Three NBA podcast is powered by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. People, welcome to another edition of the Big Three NBA podcast, the bonus edition. Uh, this week, we've got Joe Sway Pavone with us. What's up, Joe Sway? What's going on, Sherrod, man? What's going on? How's everything? Man, life is good. Life is good. Life is good. I, I'm, I'm thinking the same for you. I'm, 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 first of all, I'm glad you're on the show, especially with you having been through your first All-Star Weekend. Yes. Yeah, How'd man, it go? You made it, it back one great. Week, so that's the positive. So how, how was it? <laughs> right. That's always the that's always a good thing. Yeah. No, it was it was incredible, man. I had a lot of had a lot of fun. It was just as you can imagine, the, the first time you're going over there, it's a little overwhelming with everything going on. You want to catch everything and you want to you don't want to miss out on stuff. But man, I had I had a great time. It was just one of those like moments you'll always remember, but especially because the first day I get there, there's like a, a blizzard, which we knew we were gonna get some snow, but they got a good like, I'd say about maybe like five five to seven inches or so. But the thing was like nobody plowed for like hours, Sharad. So it was crazy to see them, you know, all go you know go into action while everyone's coming at the same time. Huge traffic jam, but. Luckily, uh, the Airbnb wasn't too far, so I was good. <laughs> good, good, good. I'm glad you had a good time. For those of us who are watching from afar, we probably didn't have as good of an experience as you did. Um, and I'm thinking about the All-Star game. I'm thinking about the slam dunk competition. Oh, I'm thinking man. about, the, you know, pretty yeah. much the only thing that I think most people were in consistency uh, or felt that they universally liked was the Steph you know, uh, you know, the three-point shooting contest, you know. With, with, yeah, man, Steph and Sabrina, was, they, they Sabrina, delivered. that yeah. was really cool. That was right. really cool. But other than that, I mean, was there anything else that you that that you experienced that you can talk about and, and that you enjoyed? <laughs> man, it's funny you say that, Sherrod, because I, I just felt the whole, like, uh, vibe was just about what's going on away from the events, and I feel like that's like a, a culture thing. I feel like that's a that's something that's been going on for a while, and it obviously you can see it in full force in the All Star game. And that was that was probably my least favorite event of the whole weekend, and that's unfortunate because that's supposed to be the best part. You know, it's supposed to be the reason why they all come together, as people say, the greatest pickup game in the world. And it's it was a snooze fest, man. No one's playing defense, man. Even this is the thing that got me, man. Even the the the, the fancy, you know, the stuff that you want to see in the All Star game, off the backboard dunks, you know, off the dribble, it was sloppy. There were turnovers. There were guys joking around, stuff like that. It's like, man, people came to see a show, you know, and it's unfortunate. I know we we, we revisit this conversation every single year, but to see it, you know, for me, right, <laughs> up close and personal for the first time, I was very disappointed, man. By the second half, I'm. I'm yawning, man. I'm ready to go. I'm 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 dreaming about home, Toronto. I'm dreaming about kicking it like I always I always do for All Star Weekend with my pops, my brother. You know, mom's close by. She's checking in on you know, seeing us. Like, oh, what are you guys cheering about? You know, like the whole vibe. So, man, that that was it was unfortunate. But outside of that, the dunk contest was cool, man. I I got a lot. I know. I want to ask you what what you thought about it because the whole Jalen Brown thing, the backlash that he's receiving, and then now. Uh, everyone sees what he was trying to do with the with the alley oop thing with the D Brown tribute, and I'm just like, 
you guys didn't see that from the very beginning? I mean, did you guys really think that he was trying to do like a salute at the end and do you know what I mean? <laughs> like clearly he wanted to do it mid-air. Clearly it was a terrible pass, botched effort, and, and, and we find out they never practiced, Gerard. Of course it was gonna come out like that. You gotta practice something like that. And I just Man, look, call me old school or whatever, but I just I just think that's it's, it's a disappointment, man, because that was a great it could have been a great moment for Tatum and Brown and the Celtics and the fans and all that. You know, the 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 uh, uh court turned into turned into the parquet and all that. And it was just a botch attempt and it was just it was sloppy, man. But you know, shout out to McClung. He was the right guy. I thought he put on a show. Yeah. I thought honestly, altogether, it wasn't a, a awful terrible performance the way everyone's saying but i just think that was the one dunk that i think would have would have put it over the top for for Jalen, and he wouldn't have received all this smoke that he's been sitting as he's been getting all week you know yeah yeah and and i mean the, the thing that that to me was most telling in that whole just kerfuffle there was the fact that tatum didn't even take off this damn coat I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean keeping it real, it was yes. as if Tatum had called an Uber and was just like, "Okay, let me throw this alley oop in real yeah. quick." Well, and, and my Uber gonna be here like two minutes. So I, you I know what that you know what that quote is, Gerard. You know what that jacket is. That's the ultimate. Yo, I got somewhere to be after this coat. Yes, like, I ultimate, like, I'd rather be than be here. And and that yes. to me yes. that Jason Tatum, I thought really uh, just that whole vibe i think some of how most people were feeling about the game like i'm gonna watch yeah, this right. but i really don't want to be here uh, right and, right and the fact that my man jalen had literally competed with guys who are not in his league literally yep. not in yep. his league and by that i'm not I'm, i mean like not nba they're they're not roster nba players yep. you go there's true, 450 man. damn right. players in the nba and he yeah. had to compete against guys who maybe number 498 through 652. <laughs> yeah, man. And it's... I recorded an episode with, with, with Max, and Max is like, man, the uh, a G League won it, man. A G League won back-to-back. And I'm like, man, if you look at the rest of the contestants, they weren't that far off from being right. a quote-unquote G Leaguer. You know, yeah, the whole... I mean, it was... Listen, yeah. I, I give props to Jalen because not only did he, did he, you know, go out there and do it and take a risk, I guess, because think about it, All-Stars, they don't do this, Right. But he personified those dunks, Rod. Man, I thought that was super cool. You know, the tribute to Terrence Clark, I thought was was one of his best dunks of the night. Uh, the lob from from uh, or not the lob, I should say the assist from um, Donovan Mitchell was probably his best dunk. But yeah, man, I just thought that that was a great moment for for Tatum. And and, and listen, maybe Tatum just said, "Look, that this is your moment. I don't want to, you know." Because to me, it seems like the whole like if we don't do this, they're gonna say stuff. So can we can you just come out here? Can we just look? You can get back to your night. Just throw me a lob. All and right, but my Uber's going to be here in two minutes, JB. Right, right. And just then, so you know. Let's hurry this up. Like, oh, come on, Jalen. Like, for real. Like, no, 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 my fault. Oh, yo, yo, real quick, real quick. You just throw it up. Yo, just put it right there. You know, right. <laughs> like, that's the vibe I got, Sharon. And, and you know, like, right after it, you knew. You knew they didn't spend a lot of time with it. My guess was maybe 10, 15. And then we find out they spent zero minutes. I'm gonna dunk. say 10 15 was that's that's that was on the long side. Um right, it, right. Because normally, actually, you know, that's a good point. Because normally some of the greatest dunks, that's how many times they practice. Because yeah. they just want to, you know, they ha- they have it down, they have it exactly what they want to see, you know, different cues. And then I don't know, man. I'm not obviously 
obviously i'm not a dunk master over here far from it (laughs) but i just think something like that right you gotta put some time into it man you gotta put some time in it so look i don't want to go to a whole i don't want to go down the whole like the dynamic of the relationship all that whatever none of that really matters to me you know in a sense for this contest i just wanted them to to have that moment i thought it would have been really special for both of them to have that get your buckets with your first bet at fanduel america's number one sports book because right now new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams, quick bets, live same game parlays, exclusive props, and more. Just visit fanduel.com slash Boston and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Massachusetts 21 plus and present in MA. Hope is here. First online real money line wager, only $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. Yeah. yeah, well, we're going to move on from that 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 weekend and, and look, we're going to look ahead to the future. Um, yeah, let's do it, man. The Celtics, you know, at, at the time of this recording, the Celtics have already beaten the Chicago Bulls, which we knew they would. Uh, and, you know, it, it, there were some highlights. There were some not so great moments, but the Celtics, they did what they're supposed to do. And, and I'm posing this question to you because looking at their schedule the rest of the way, uh, this is not going to be the only lightweight team that they got to have to oh, deal no. with. Um, yeah. And it, it just seemed like a game where they jumped on them early, realized, oh, yeah, this team is not that good. And then they ease up the gas like, oh, but if we ease up, they might make this a game. OK, let's back yeah. and let's go at them again. And they get a double digit win. Is this basically what we can expect to see from the Celtics that, you know, teams that they should just absolutely annihilate? There's going to be a little bit of up and down before they eventually take over and they just put teams away. Yeah, I think so, Sharon, man. This is just the pattern. You know, this is just this is this is kind of who they are right now. I mean, like, listen, the next couple of weeks, I think will be very telling because coming off the All-Star break, coming off this narrative, obviously. And, and you know, shout out to Joe Mazzullo because he's already built this thing in months ago saying like, hey, listen, you're not supposed to go in there and just be a team. You know, you're not supposed to just look at the calendar and say, oh, that's the W. You know, he's 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 relayed that message over and over again. And I think that's great because that's a. You know, obviously, you look at what happened last year in the Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, look, anything can, you can go down 3-0 real quick or 0-3 real quick, right, Sharon? So I, I think that instills the right message. But, man, going out there and doing it, it's a whole other thing. So I think, I think Gates, you know, to see that happen, you know, briefly with that uh, Bulls matchup, especially because it went from what, the 14-point lead to, like, a three-point lead really quickly. So it was like a quick message for them. And they picked up on it. And, um, you know, obviously they got there with a win. But, yeah, I just wonder how many of those games, though, we're going to see a different story, you know, especially when the three-point shot is not falling. And, listen, they have to get into this habit now because this is what's going to – that momentum going into the playoffs, man, I think is is, is relevant, man. Look what happened with the Miami Heat last year. And, you know, they they, they rode that that, that wave. But with the Celtics, man, my thing is late game, you know, execution, fourth quarter – What's going to happen if the game is close? You know, a lot of the times I want to see them mix mix in 
Kristaps Porzingis. You know, we, we talked about this a lot in the Celtics postgame show where I just feel like whether it's getting him his touches down low or just making sure he's more involved sometimes, I think makes things easier for Tatum and Brown, you know, obviously, but also everyone else as, as well. But, you know, how they get out of those situations, I, I think is, is going to be super telling for this team, you know, especially in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, and, and the Chicago game was, was uh, you know, once again, a, a victory that the Celtics, you know, you never really felt that they weren't in control of the game. Even when it got a little tight, you, you still felt as though they – they were well, clearly they were the better team, but clearly they right. never lost control. But you start looking at the schedule; they got some serious squads that are looking to knock them off that that top perch and, and have the talent to potentially do that. Who are some of the contenders you see in the East outside of Boston? Teams that could give them a run for their money in a best of seven uh, if they're fortunate enough to meet each other. Man. Um... You know, the Knicks are interesting, man. I mean, I know they're a little banged up right now, but when they're put together, man, like with OG, I, I think that could be a really interesting, like a really competitive series. Um, you know, with that being said, I still think the Celtics should win that series. You know, I don't think it's one of those like coin flip type situations, but could I see them forcing a you know, game seven or so? Absolutely. I mean, if you, if Brunson really gets going and all those other guys, you know, I just think at the end of the day, the Celtics should be able to, 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 finish the series off but I do think they can make things interesting for sure and then I I'm still thinking about the Miami Heat I mean I'm not one of those guys that's like man you always got to worry about Miami every single year but this year I'm a little worried about Miami a little bit I mean you just wonder what kind of tricks they have up their sleeves that they can pull up on the fly and Eric Spolster man let's face it man he, he coached circles around Joe Missoula last year. I know this year is different I know he, they the Celtics won the season series and all that but I mean that's not going to be the same team you see. I mean, we got a little glimpse of it in the last matchup with, you know, Terry Rozier making his debut and all that. And then both these guys got hurt. They still made it interesting at the end. You just wonder how that bench and that second unit is going to come together because they could be one of the deeper teams in the, in the postseason. But, um, but yeah, I mean, that outside of those two, I mean, you want to mention Milwaukee, but I got to see, I got to see it, man. Like I, I just, there's so many question marks with the way that they're defending uh, the holes that they've had, you know, the problems that they've had all season long, they never really addressed the Drew Holiday, you know, defensive backcourt. I mean, uh, what what direction is Doc Rivers going to go in with Beasley in terms of, like, the wing position? How are you going to use, you know? So, I mean, I'm going to reserve judgment for that team right now, but I, I guess they're somewhat lingering. But right now, I just think head-to-head, -head, those are the two teams that really uh, st um, stick out to me, you know. Uh, looking ahead, if we're seeing into the future how things will be pieced together and all that, I think the Miami Heat and the New York the New York Knicks could really have some strong momentum going through the postseason. Yeah, I mean, I, I think both of those are, are good picks. I, I would add Milwaukee to the mix only because they I, I don't I don't think they're as good as they've been in the past couple of years. Uh, and it's crazy to think that with Dame yeah. Lillard, but Dame Lillard is a defensive liability. There's just no way of getting around that. And as great a score as he is there are going to be games where he's not going to have that ability to impact it at the level he's accustomed to. And the right. Celtics have the ability to send multiple defenders. I mean, if you're playing Milwaukee and the Celtics and you got your full healthy roster, Drew Holiday is going to be on that some. Jalen Brown is going to be on that some. Uh, you know, Peyton Pritchard will probably be on that some. Uh, Tatum may be switched out, which the Celtics have no issue with that happening as well. Uh, right. Pretty much everyone on your team who 
is it and Derek White certainly is going to be on that. And I don't anticipate him being able to impact the game the way he's accustomed to when you've got not one but two all NBA defenders that you're going to have to deal with. Yep. And you're going to have to deal with one of them at the other end because they can score the ball too. They're not just one side of the floor uh, success stories. They can play both ends of the floor. So Milwaukee is a team that I would keep them in that conversation as a potential team that could give the Celtics problems. But I put them probably near the back end of that group only because I just Same, don't man. think Doc yep. Rivers has that Doc Rivers mojo that can all of a sudden turn Damian Lillard from – you know, basically a, I mean, just a walking easy pass when it comes to defense. Yeah, man. Into something that's that, like three that's, or four years ago, maybe, you know, maybe you can convince him or you can, you know, change that part about him. But right now. Yeah, yeah guys yeah. don't change. I mean, guys been in the league as long as him don't change. Exactly. Um, they exactly. are exactly who you think. Think they are, and they're trying to change. And they're not trying to change. <laughs> they're not trying to change, right? They're uh, just trying to enhance on what they've known, you no. know, all along. Absolutely. Now, now, let's say the Celtics get out of the East, which I expect them to do. Uh, who do you think are the teams they should be most worried about out west? Because it seems like out in the Western Conference, there's really like three, four, five different teams that all can make a claim for we're the best in the West. But right. at the end of the day. Who do you think? Who do you think are the teams that forget about who's going to come out? Who do you think gives the Celtics the most problems if they were to emerge out of the Western Conference? And you better not say the Lakers. No, no, absolutely not. Oof! I wonder. I wonder how this uh, how this story ends, man. How this season ends, man. I swear it's like a like a show, like a soap opera. But no, I mean, listen, the Denver Nuggets, man, the returning champions, man. Like I, I just. They're that team that's just going to give the Celtics fits. You know, I, I think they, they can match up well. The athleticism, they can get back. Jokic, you know, would be the best player in the series. Um, and, yeah, they're just seeing that they, – they're that type of team. That if, they, if they get to the finish line, they're that, if they're right there, they can they – can, uh, that would be one heck of a series. But I want to say the Celtics would be the favorite in that series. But I don't know. Right now, I'm probably giving it to Denver, honestly. You know, Um Celtics right there, number two, but the absolute like best team to win it or best odds, I guess. I know Vegas to say something different, but I, I I still I still say it's Denver right now. I mean by a little bit or whatever. But in the best of seven series, man, that's that's easily the the toughest matchup for the Celtics. Yeah, yeah. I mean they they've got experience. They've got a player that no one can really match up with, uh, and. They've been there, done it. They know what the mountaintop right. looks like because they've they've been there. So that yeah, Denver's a team I I definitely worry about. I worry about the Clippers too, uh, because it seems like this is as close to, as we've seen the Clippers to kind of figuring out how to have their superstar core players be effective yeah. playing together. Uh, this stretch going into the, yeah, going to All Star too. Yeah, they they really found a shred. Yeah, and so for them, yeah. it, it'll be interesting to see who who kind of comes out of the West because I think there are a handful of teams that really can make a strong case uh, for being that team. Um, but when it comes to being that guy, um, the Celtics added uh, Xavier Tillman, uh, the, that third or fourth big, depending on where you put Luke Lemon squares in your big man pecking yeah. order. Uh, but they added Xavier Tillman from uh, trade from, from Memphis and what he got, he saw his first action with the Celtics against Chicago, played limited minutes coming off the bench. Uh, what are your early impressions of 
Tell me. Man, he's got a he's got some he's got some size. I mean, I, I guess I, I I knew that already about him, but to to see him, you know, uh, get in the game a little bit, get his first action, you know, I just I want him to be that guy where when he goes in there, man, he just pisses people off. You know, whether that means just from like grabbing it to be an excessive and grabbing a rebound, you know, being that physical, showing that physicality down low. I, I just think that's the kind of muscle the second unit could really use uh, on a secondary basis. You know, obviously if, if if someone's in foul trouble or, you know, he has to, to eat up some extra minutes and if, he, if his momentum's going, if he's grabbing four or five rebounds in that first, you know, stint, then, you know, we'll see how he adapts for sure. But the way he's been welcomed with open, with open arms, I think, is, is, has been really cool, man. I don't think it's just lip service either. Uh, uh, Luke Cornette, I mean, shout out to Bobby Manning for, for asking, but, you know, he's like, hey, does that motivate you a little bit to go out there and kind of – he's like, no, man, like, that's just another person that can add another – you know, that's another – uh, personality that that can really make the Celtics harder to defend, you know, even deeper team in the postseason if he's able to really find some minutes in Joe Mazzulla's depth, you know, depth chart. So I think that, that's really cool, you know, and I, and I really do think he fits kind of what they need, you know, that little extra insurance, that little extra, uh, you know, muscle to, 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 to come in and off that bench. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, they, they, um, the thing that I liked about Tillman in, in the action against Chicago was that basically everything he did felt natural. Like usually when guys are on the floor for that first time with a new team, there's this thought process that they're going through where they're doing more yeah. thinking about what right. they're going to do as opposed to just playing. And he didn't seem to have that issue. You know, we talked about it on the garden report, you know, the other night after the Chicago game that Tillman seemed as if, not only did he belong, but that he knew exactly how to make sure that everyone knew he belonged by just simply not thinking about what he was doing. Right. I mean, he was out there making good plays defensively. He had a, had a bucket. He was moving well without the ball. He set good screens. He did pretty much everything that he has been charged with or expected to do. And the other thing about Tillman that makes him, I think, an ideal NBA role player you go back and look at his numbers in high school, he never averaged more than like 16, 17 points a game. And you got cats coming out of high school who get you 16, 17 points a game in the first quarter. This is what first he did quarter, yeah. in a game. Yeah. And, and so to me, he's a guy that understands the concept of having a very definitive, definitive niche role with a team. And, yeah. and understand that that's your role. Don't trip. Don't act like you don't know what your role is. This is what you're supposed to do. And right, right. he got a bucket. He did a decent job on the boards. He, he did a good job defending, you know, and, and it's it's just like this is exactly what this team needed when they needed it. Uh, and, and so I'm, I'm, I'm real excited to see what, what he's going to do uh, for the Celtics, because I do think he's going to going to get some opportunities. But the one thing I wanted to ask you about him was. When you talk about opportunities, obviously, there are those minutes that are going to loop Cornette now. What do you now between now and the playoffs? Which do you think is more likely that that he will get Luke's minutes? He'll get a portion of Luke's minutes, or he'll get Luke's minutes on a case by case, very specific matchup basis. I think it'll be on a case by case basis, and don't be surprised if that's if it's one of those like. 
Luke's out there for three, four minutes, and Joe's like, well, wait a minute, this isn't working. He just yanks him, you don't see him again. Like, because he's prone to do something like that. Because Joe's really, when he's really into the game and he sees something that's not working, and, and Tillman's the type of guy, like you just said, Sherrod, he can adapt. He will adapt on the fly. You know, I don't think he's one of those guys who can, you know, get in there, gets eager, you know, foul trouble and all that. He's going to set hard, stream, uh, hard screens. He's going to, you know, get you a couple of rebounds. So he's going to make himself, obviously, uh, productive when he can. So I think it'll be on a case-by-case basis. I don't think it's one of those where, you know, uh, you're not going to see Luke at all, and then all of a sudden he's just thrust into the, the depth chart or at least one of the last players coming off of it. I don't think it'll be something like that. But, yeah, I think it'll be on a case-by-case basis, and especially in the best-of-seven series. You know, one of the tougher matchups, whether it's the Milwaukee Bucks or whether, you know, one of those game, one of those matchups where you need to someone in the front court just kind of throw a little extra and just a little intimidation down low. And I think that's when you'll see someone, that's when you see Tillman uh, more more than you'll see Cornette. For sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I, the thing about Tillman that, you know, we, we don't have a true sense for, and I don't know if we ever will, and I don't think Xavier's going to have a sense of either is the trust factor. Uh, Joe Mazzula is not easily trust in his players. Uh, It takes some time. I mean, I mean, hell, Grant Williams, you know, he's not here in part because Joe never got that (laughs) level of trust. (laughs) I was going to say. Yeah. As much as we want to keep going on about Xavier, because I do think he's a guy that's going to help them win some games. Uh, There's another guy they got, Jaden Springer, a former first-round pick, uh, played one year at Tennessee, was was with the Sixers, uh, didn't put up big numbers or hell any numbers because he didn't play much with Philly. But in the G League, he did lead that that team, their G League team, to a championship, and he was uh, Finals MVP, G League Finals MVP. So he has, relatively speaking, stepped up yeah. and played his best basketball in postseason type situation. Uh, unfortunately for him, he's probably not going to get that opportunity in Boston this year. Uh, I, I don't anticipate seeing much at, of him at all, uh, which is a little bit disappointing because I do think that his athleticism can give them something that they could absolutely benefit from. Uh, but I, I think more than anything, they're just looking at him as as a player of significance or importance down the road more so than in the moment. Yeah, I think so. I think so for sure, uh, especially with – the way things were going with uh, J.D. Davison, I mean, on the court, it seems like, you know, he got the all-star selection from the G League and all that, but it seems like, I don't know if it's a personal thing or whatever, but he's he didn't he didn't go, he didn't attend the uh, all-star game in Indianapolis. No word on, on why, but he was selected. Uh, he was, you know, suspended from the team and all that, and you just wonder where he is in his progression compared to someone like this where you can, you know, plug into a, in, into a G League uh, season in, in Maine, and, and who knows, maybe next year he... Uh, um, he blossoms into someone that could be a significant playmaker or a secondary playmaker for this team moving forward. As of right now, I, I like what Payton is doing. I feel like it's like all or nothing. Like, I know the pitcher out there will be like, oh, man, like you guys are too hard on him. I wasn't one of those guys who was like, you got to go ahead and replace Pritchard. But I'm, I'm hoping we can see more of this, you know, just consistent uh, production, you know. And that doesn't always have to be double figures and scoring. That doesn't always have to be giving three three-pointers every single night. No, just consistency across the board. And he's been kind of filling up the stat sheet when he can and giving you some of that defense as well that that's making him even all the more valuable, I feel like, on that end of the floor. So, yeah. 
Who who's yeah. the one Pritchard, Celtic, a big part of that? Yeah. Who who's the one Celtics player that when you look at this team and the chance of winning a championship, who's the one player that has to kind of emerge as a core piece of that title run? Um this right now. Who's your guy? Ooh, that's a good question, man. I mean, not that he has to, but it would really solidify the run. I'm going to say Drew Holiday. And what I mean by that is, like, just in terms of, like, putting it all together in one of the, like, couple of those, like, big playoff performances, I think that's someone who I'm, who I got my eye on. But I don't think it's one of those where it's like, man, if he doesn't step up, this team's in trouble. But, like, just the way you worded it, I think that's the best way to put it. Like, that's probably my guy. But, like, in terms of, like, bench production, I mean – like I guys like Hauser and Pritchard, I, I'm just looking for them to be solid, you know, just be consistent. You know, kind of like what I was saying about Pritchard, same thing goes for Hauser and guys like, like Al, someone like Al Horford, man, like we know what he does in the postseason. You know, uh, it's clearly his production has gone down in somewhat, but, but that role he's thriving in right now, I, I don't expect that, man. I just think been huge team. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, just uh, we're going to uh, going to head out after after this. Uh, but before we break out, want to just say thanks to yeah. our sponsors. This episode of the Big Three NBA podcast is brought to you by Indy.com. Hello, Fresh and our good friends at FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Sign up now at FanDuel.com slash Boston and new customers get one hundred and fifty bucks. Smackaroos, whatever you want to call it. Dollar dollars in bonus bets. If your first bet of five dollars or more wins, uh, Joe Jose Joe Sway, you go by many names. Uh, Joe Sway Favone, appreciate <laughs> you, buddy. Appreciate you coming on for the podcast. And uh, like I said, uh, let the folks know where they can check your workout, Mister Pavone. Oh, I appreciate it, man. Check me out. Uh, follow me on Twitter uh, at Joe underscore Sway. Joe underscore S W A Y. Uh, all my stuff on Twitter, of course, and um, CLNS Media on YouTube and all that good stuff, man. Central Maxwell Podcast as well. Subscribe if you haven't already. Uh, brand new episodes out, always giving you some uh, new content, especially gearing up for this uh, you know, end of the, uh, of the regular season, going into the postseason. We'll have some really fun guests coming up, man. So, yeah, Cedric Maxwell Podcast for sure. And I uh, appreciate you, Sharad. You know, you guys already know. Celtics post game show. Check us out after each and every Celtics game right here on uh, CLNS Media, man. We go live. Absolutely. We in there. We are in there. Yes, uh, and, it, man. Now we are, we, and now we start. are out of here. Out of here. Uh, <laughs> right, right. Just wait for Bones, Sherrod Blakely, the Big Three NBA podcast. Thanks for checking us out. We will see you.